Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. I have attached the link on the website. So if you just visit the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie, you can then find the Patreon link there. Thank you to those that have. This week I just want to mention Fidelma who has kindly offered the Ireland's Birth Stories listeners a 15% discount off her gentle birth workshop. So Fidelma founded the Gentle Mama to give mums and mums-to-be a space to thrive rather than just survive through her pregnancy and those postpartum weeks. I will link Fidelma's, uh, the Gentle Mama's social media pages um, so you can contact her directly if you want to avail of the 15% discount. In this bonus episode, I chat to Stephanie and she talks me through her two pregnancies and her one birth. So Stephanie suffered a miscarriage um, at about six weeks and she then went on to conceive and later give birth to a beautiful little girl named Ada. So she talks us through her planned home birth. Um, she talks us through how she dealt with SPD and those early days, those early postpartum days as well as a first time mum, but also during COVID. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Stephanie, you're very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. If you wanted to start by giving us a little introduction to you and your family. Uh, I'm Stephanie. I'm uh, I've my husband married to Connor. We've been married since uh, August last year. Uh, we've been together for eight years now um, and we were friends for a good few years before that. So and we have our little baby girl who came in eight weeks ago, uh, Ada. She's our first uh child and we also have our our fur baby Ruth who is a a, a rescued lurcher she's um four years old she's adapting well to the baby I think lovely and did you do any preparation um with the dog in in the lead to the baby's arrival we had planned to do this course that the DSPCA run called introducing dog to baby but it was happening in like kind of the middle of August when the COVID numbers were kind of starting to creep back up again we decided not to go to that but they did send us all the kind of information so like we went for a walk with her with the buggy and um we tried to do it was suggested that we do like playing crying noises for her but I actually couldn't listen to it because I was like it felt really bad to just be listening to crying noises and doing nothing about it yeah so it actually probably trigger your milk nearly what just <laughs> uh, oh geez I don't know um yeah that just I didn't like doing that at all um and we'd read like a couple of suggestions about what to do, you know, like if you were having a hospital birth, like bring home, you know, a nappy and stuff like that. But as we had her, as I had her in the house, it kind of, none of that really applied. <laughs> so, yeah. but she's adapted really well, actually. Yeah, one walk with the buggy and she was like, yeah, whatever. And she's, she's doing okay. So let's chat about your pregnancy. So did you plan on conceiving? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, we planned on trying pretty much as soon as we got married. So I had, I'd been on the copper coil. So I had that taken out like about kind of six weeks before we got married, I think. Um, and my cycle kind of returned pretty much straight away, which was why I'd gotten the coil. Um, and we conceived pretty much immediately, uh, pretty, I think while we were on honeymoon. Um, but unfortunately, I had a miscarriage. So that ended at, at six weeks thereabouts. Um, so that hit me like a ton of bricks. But anyway, um, and uh, we started trying again, like not immediately, but about kind of a month and a half, two months later. And we managed to conceive again pretty quickly, which is great. So and uh, 
and then we evade it as a result. <laughs> and did you go to your doctor? You said it hit you like a ton of bricks, the miscarriage. Was it, did you experience spotting or did you go in and check for a heartbeat? Or? It was funny. I had a, like, I had been absolutely knackered from the pregnancy and like I'd heard about the first trimester tiredness being bad, but like, I mean, I felt like someone had just swept the legs out from under me. I was completely exhausted. So I went to the GP to be like, you know, is this normal? I'm really, really, really tired. Um, and the GP was actually brilliant. She said, oh, you know, yeah, we can check your bloods and we can check this. And she said, do you have, um, said, do you think you're anemic? And I said, oh, I'd be prone to that. And she noticed I was wearing the Fitbit and she was like, oh, you know, has your heart rate gone up? And I said, no, sort of anything, it's gone down. Because she said, apparently your heart rate goes up with anemia. And she said, oh, has it gone down? And I said, yeah. And she said, oh, well, is there any history of hypothyroidism in your family? And I went, yeah. I said, my mom, my aunts, my cousins, loads of people have it. So she checked my thyroid and actually the next day I started miscarrying and um, I was down home with my sisters, which was actually kind of good in some ways, but not great in others. Like I was away from my husband. So I was down in Cork and my sister drove me in my car back to Dublin with my niece, um, which was great so that I could be with Connor because I pretty much knew at that point I was miscarrying. It started bleeding. It was mm -hmm. all, it was you know, it was all it just happened kind of by itself. So yeah, we went to the coom and uh, like I did a pregnancy test that morning because I had some spotting and I was like, oh no, is this normal? And um, and that was positive, but I went into the coom and they did a pregnancy test and obviously their levels are higher. So that was negative. So they said, no, you know, if you're this far along, um, it should be showing up positive here. So they confirmed that it was, it was miscarriage. So the GP the bloods came back from the GP then like about a week later and it showed that my thyroid level had gone through the roof. So they reckoned I had like a sort of a slightly low thyroid. So they started me on L-troxin. Okay. I've been on that since. So, you know, they say you never really find out why they happen, but I'm inclined to kind of blame that maybe, but that could be just because I want to be able to put my finger on something and know that I'm addressing it. Cause that's just the kind of person I am. And do you feel better now from being on the, the L-troxin? the yeah with Ada the first trimester tiredness wasn't nearly as bad okay. nowhere near like I mean I was waking up in the morning on the last pregnancy I was waking up in the morning and just absolutely could not get out of bed like at one stage I managed to drag my butt out of bed and we got dressed and everything uh Connor and I drive to the train station we did um to commute in on the train to work together and like we got to the train station and I just couldn't get out of the car I was like I'm knackered I literally was in the passenger seat gunner driven and I was just like no can't move um whereas with Ada it was very very tired but nowhere near as bad like I was able to work throughout almost throughout the whole the whole first trimester without any problems and so I found out I was pregnant on uh because we were planning I was you know testing like a maniac and yeah. found out I was pregnant like I had like the faintest of faint lines on New Year's Eve so I was like, okay, no drinking tonight. No drinking. Uh, yeah, just in case. We were actually away with friends and I'd gotten the like, you know, faint positive. And then, like, they were really good friends and we were going to Tesco. We were going to Tesco for, um, you know, for bits for everybody, like, you know, snacks and drink and all the rest of it. And I was with uh, these two mates of ours and I just went, FYI, I said, I'm buying a pregnancy test. And they were like, oh my God. And I was like, ah, it's fine. Um, so I was the same in the first pregnancy. I couldn't keep it quiet. I was so happy. So I, yeah. Uh, basically tested then on new year's day and told one of the lads i was like yay positive you know we're good to go again so um see so yeah, on new year's day we confirmed basically yeah definitely pregnant and um, and yeah the first trimester was fine i had like a little bit of nausea but i was ne never actually very sick i think i got sick like twice i think and it was like on like weeks 13 and 14 something like that um but mostly it was fine yeah i was just quite tired um, and you know all the kind of sore boobs that kind of thing um but it was all right uh, and of course then like as soon as it hit kind of ooh, telling people time that is pretty much exactly when COVID hit uh, so it was really weird like I had like you know so much distance from colleagues because work changed so much that I had points where I was like six months pregnant and I saw someone who I hadn't seen in ages and they were like is you know has she just been eating too much with lockdown <laughs> is she pregnant and I was like yeah yeah pregnant no even like really close colleagues so I just didn't end up being on shift with at the same time for months would see me and be like wait what because you just don't get that moment to tell people because it just yeah. passed um at the start of March basically without any really noticing so Connor got in to see the first scan because that was like that was literally about two weeks before they changed the rules about scans um, and after that there wasn't an appointment he was able to come to so that was that was that so what care route did you go down 
Um, I went public because I wanted midwife led. Um, and I did do the booking appointment with the community midwife in the local health centre, but she wanted me to see the consultant because of the thyroid. And then the consultant was like, okay, I'd rather you didn't do midwife led. Um, and I was like, well, it's only tiny. And she went, no, you know, we'll have to monitor it. I was like, all right, okay. Um, and then I said, well, sure, I'm planning a home birth anyway, <laughs> you know, which is going to be all midwives. And she was, it was brilliant. I was kind of all prepared for a bit of a battle about that. Mm. Just, you know, expecting someone to kind of, you know, look at me, you know, like kind of give me a bit of side eye or something like that. But she just was like, oh, okay. And just moved on. I was like, Jesus, that's brilliant. Um, and uh, since I've actually like talked to my, when I booked my home birth midwife, she said that that consultant, it was Mary Anglim in, in the coom. She said that she's, you know, as far as consultants go, is pretty supportive of the home birth and never once did she give me any grief, <laughs> I suppose, yeah. which was really lovely, really, really good. Um, so yeah, we end up, I end up under the consultant anyway, but uh, it was fine. Yeah, it was grand. I didn't have to go in particularly often or anything like that. And, you know, got the little scan every time as well. So, um, and booked with the home birth midwife then at... 20 weeks uh I had Anya Hennessy who I believe you had as well yes. and she's like she's just oh she's just the best like she's just like it's not sometimes I'd go into the hospital and they'd say something or they'd make a decision or not make a decision but they'd make like a recommendation or they'd have a concern and I'd walk out of the hospital and be like oh uh wait I didn't ask this and I didn't ask that and I don't know how that works and I would just basically ring or text Anya and she'd be like okay here's what they should have told you you know and um like, it's funny because I'm I'm in healthcare myself. I'm a physio. I work in a hospital and I always tell, I work in pediatrics and I always tell my patients, parents, they say, you know, write down your questions so that if you've got anything, you know, make sure that you don't leave the room until you've answered all the, or you've gotten answers to all the questions you have. When I go in myself, I always say, look, I've given you loads of information now. What questions do you have? And half the time, like not even half the time, 90% of the time they say no, because they've just had to take on board all the information I've given. So I say, okay, you probably do have questions, but you just can't think of them right now. I'm going away now, write them down. And next time I see you, don't forget to ask me anything that you have. And I always try and give them the like time at the end. But I think that's my clinical setting. I'm able to take that time. And I always mm. make a point to doing it. Whereas the clinics are just, you know, absolute madness. I don't think they think about that kind of thing that they should be doing anymore. I, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, so I went with Sonia. Um, and uh, see, so yeah, I did the booking appointment with her, I think around kind of 20 weeks thereabouts. Because um, I thought for a while that um, it wouldn't be possible with COVID. I was like, oh, maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. And then I thought, you know, the, the consultant had said as well, oh, you know, she said, we'll sign off for the home birth probably around kind of 34 weeks. She said, basically, if you're, she said her kind of criteria for it was that if the uh, L-troxin dosage didn't change more than twice that she was happy and it never changed at all. So right. um, she was happy. It was really nice actually to kind of have that criteria. But um, at the same time, she also never told me why the third would outrule a home birth. So, you know, um, but uh, yeah, so I ended up, I was in within the remit of the HSC self-employed community midwives anyway. So I was able to have, to have one, which was great. So she started seeing me around 32 weeks, I think then for the antenatal appointments. Um, and, and that, how did your husband feel about the home birth? So did he have a chat with Anya beforehand? Connor was great. He was very much, um, he was very much just like whatever you want to do. And um, he knows as well, like I, he knew as well that knowing my background and my profession that I kind of knew what I was getting into. And he, we're both very like adamantly pro-choice. Like we were both involved with the Repeal the Eight campaign. And um, a huge part of that for me was, that like it's not just about abortion rights either it is about how you birth and where you birth and your own right to inform consent in childbirth so um as soon as I was like I think I'd like a home birth he was just like yep yeah, grand um because the reason I had started looking at it was uh I just did not want to see section um I couldn't particularly tell you exactly why, but I just really didn't want one and I knew that they were happening a lot in Ireland they're still happening a lot and I thought the more I looked into it, the more it seemed like the best way to avoid it was to avoid the epidural. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, you know, the best way to avoid the epidural, I know myself, is if I can't have one. <laughs> so, and like, you still can with the home birth, you know, you can get transferred into hospital and you can get it. Um, yeah. Uh, and home birth was the way to avoid that. So that, that's how we ended up having the baby at home. <laughs> And did you do any prep um, in terms of 
like hypnobirthing or gentle birth or anything yeah tons of the hypnobirthing Um, I was using how'd you find it I loved it. I was using the gentle birth app on the first pregnancy. Actually, I kind of started into it straight away. I was like, well, this looks good. You know, friends of mine had recommended and had done it. And um, as it happens, and they have a, a, the gentle birth app kind of has some tracks for loss as well. And I just found those were so nice. They had they have one track called Soothing the Grieving Mother. And it's all these kind of visualizations about how you manage your feelings. And that was just, that was so healing. It was actually really, really good. So I'm, I'm a huge advocate of gentle birth. Yeah. And I did, so I did all their, the tracks, you know, and um, I was using it. She was breached as well from basically like 29 weeks until 37 plus four, she was breached. Okay. And so I was using the like breach visualization with them as well to try and relax because it was the one thing I knew absolutely freaking guaranteed me a C-section. I was like, there's no getting around this, you know, and I'd have been all on board with the section for it too. Um, so I was like so tense and so worried about that, but I started using the gentle birth for that and Onion was really reassuring too. Um, like I'd gone in for my, so Onion wanted me to do a position scan. So to get it to check where she was, and the consultant wanted me to do that too. And uh, I went to the scan, had them check growth and everything like that. Cause I had said, you know, I'd get the, the ECV done if she was breech um, to, to again, so that I could avoid the section. And um, so I had the scan and she was head down. And then I went and sat in the waiting room for the consultant appointment for about 45 minutes. When I went into the consultant, the consultant scanned her and she was transverse. Oh. And your one, like the 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 SHO or wherever she was, looked at the scan and was like, oh, did you say she was head down? And I said, yeah. And she went, when did you have this scan? Was this a couple of days ago? I was like, I was in the ultrasound room, I said, an hour ago. And she was, oh, OK. So at 38 weeks, we're going to admit you for an unstable lie. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, I was just the total opposite of what I wanted. So I was going from, like, wanting my birth at home to potentially having two weeks sitting in the hospital, you know, like, waiting in case I went into labour because there's a risk of cord prolapse and, like, they'd want to, you know, section her straight away if I went into labour. So, um, so what's an unstable lie? Sorry. Basically that she was moving around, that she wasn't in any fixed position. And if they're, okay. I think if they're, yeah, I didn't know what an unstable lie was either. They had to, again, Anya told me what that was. Um basically i think if she wasn't consistently bum down or head down it means that they don't know what's going to be delivered first so if it's right. before then her oxygen supply was going to be cut off so that's an emergency that's a crash section like um so and like they admit you for that again on you told me what that admission actually looks like because they didn't tell me when i was in there and she said basically like you'd be monitored a couple of times a day they'd be checking the position you know, if you go into labor, you're hitting the, the alarm button and they're coming and getting you and taking you straight down to theater. I was just like, oh, Jesus, this is the worst. Um, so that was where she was at like 36 weeks. And I went in again at 37 weeks and they checked her and she had gone head down. But they still wanted me to come in the following week to get checked again. So like I came in the following week, literally with bags packed, sitting in the boot, ready to be admitted to the hospital. But she was still head down. And then she okay. they said, the, the way the rage said it she said not only is she head down she's well head down I was like all right okay I said that's great timing so um so yeah oh my god we've been doing spinning babies like I was doing absolutely everything I could to get her head down and like I'm not a I'm a very scientific person but Jesus I was doing the chiropractor I was doing the acupuncture I had the the herbs burning down at my feet and everything like all my friends you know me being a real skeptic were looking at me like what are you doing I said I want my home birth and that's what I'm doing um so whatever it was that worked in the end I know yeah she was head down to 37 plus four and then she stayed there um thankfully uh, but yeah the, the gentle birth I think helped with that too which was uh, it just helped relax me which is really really nice um my last appointment in the hospital they reckon my blood pressure was high too so they made me go and get a a blood pressure series so like where they just take your blood pressure like five times and um again I was all worried and tense then and I thought no if you're worried and tense your blood pressure is going to be through the roof so I was sitting in the waiting room for the blood pressure to be checked and again listening to my gentle birth and when I went in the blood pressure they checked it like five times not once was it in any way above normal so that was that was great <laughs> yeah it's another another job ticked off the list yeah to just to make, secure your home birth yeah oh my god it just felt like it was like 
it just felt like we were getting kind of not quite barrier after barrier, but it just kept throwing up little different things to be like, mm, maybe you can't have it. Maybe you can't have it. And, but I, like, even if we hadn't having the antenatal care at home was brilliant. Like uh, it's just so comfortable. You know, we got to sit on the couch at home, got to have a really good chat. Like Anya was never here less than an hour, I'd say for each appointment, asked every question we needed to ask. You know, she got to know me really well. She got to know Connor, she knew our house. Um, and, uh, you know, Connor got to hear the heartbeat on the Doppler and see the exams. So he got to be part of the antenatal care as well, which I think is really important because I think for dads, it kind of makes it real, you know? Um, and we actually, we, we did a private scan of 29 weeks as well because I was like, at that point, the private scans were letting two people in. So we just wanted to do that just for, just, just for Connor's experience, basically. Yeah, because he wouldn't have been in since, what, 12 weeks then? Yeah, 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 yeah. So then when you got the news that her head was down and she was ready to rock, you must have felt a massive sense of relief and, okay, let's go, let's get the house ready, let's... Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Like we were asking Anya, we said, oh, should we put up the pool? And she said, no, she said, you'll only be staring at it. And I said, okay, yeah, that's a fair point. She said, you know, are you going to have... Um, she said, you know, she's really, you know, she kept saying, you know, there's a chance you'll go into the labour in the next week. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, she's really, really engaged. And she kept saying that. And then she was 10 days late <laughs> in the end. Um, people kept being like, oh, she's right down there. You know, she's really ready to go. But she just wasn't. She didn't want to go just yet. Um, so, yeah, like I'd done kind of, I knew where we were going to, I was going to have her. And I'd put up like kind of, you know, like my affirmations, you know, all the different kind of phrases and things like that. And then... I had like, you know, the fairy lights and the candles and like all my oxytocin stimulating things all ready to go with my playlist done. Um, and uh, I was having my, uh, I was to have my niece, she's uh, she's 17 now and she wants to be a midwife. And I had said to her when I got pregnant, I said, you know, you'll be off for the summer. I'll be going into appointments. You can come up, you can come in with me. You know, this will be great like work experience because you can't get it in the hospital. And next thing, sure, everything was I couldn't even bring my husband in, never mind bringing my niece in appointments. Um, so I was to have her up for the home birth and I'd asked my mum as well. And then like the week before I had her, I got a call from my sister and she said, mum feels too bad. She doesn't want to tell you this, but mum is really, really nervous about the home birth. And I had thought that she would be anyway, because my mum would be a little bit, um, just a little bit nervous in general. You know, she'd be very kind of worried about us all the time. Like she's absolutely cracked with all her kids and her grandkids. And uh, my sister said, you know, she's just, just because it was a home birth, she just, you know, she'd no, all faith in me for the decision. Yeah. Um, and she knows we're close, you know, we're only 20 minutes away from the comb. Uh, but she just thought that her being there herself, that she'd be kind of disrupting my cam. Okay. <laughs> so I was actually thrilled. I rang her straight away and I said, you're dead right. I said, you'd totally be disrupting the cam. I said, thank you so much for telling me. And I said, I'd be sad that you won't be there, but... At the same time, you totally did the right thing. You know, if you weren't going to be happy to be there, that's fine. Um, so I had my niece's mum, my sister instead. I had the two of them up. So they they live in Cork, um, but my parents live in Kilkenny. So they drove halfway up on the Friday. And she was born on a Sunday because I kind of felt like I was getting Braxton Hicks on the Friday. And it was, you know, I was eight days over at that point. And my sister texted me and said, you know, if you if you feel like anything's happening, let me know. And we'll go to like the halfway point. And um, so they went to the halfway point on Friday and then Saturday morning, I lost my mucus plug and I was like, OK, I said, you know, we could be we could be the show could be coming on, onto the road here soon. Um, and I uh, had like sort of what I thought were kind of Braxton Hicks throughout the day again and then just decided, as you do, that I was going to clean the oven um, and clean the fridge. It's bizarre, isn't it? I was just like, I was just like, it just needs doing, you know, it just needs doing. Yeah. Sitting on the floor of the kitchen, cleaning the oven door, like, I think, I think about something like 18 hours before she was born, I think. I remember checking, like, I'd taken a photo of the clean oven and sent it to my family. And I was like, what time did I send that text message? It was about 18 hours before she was born. Um, and uh, then by the evening, like, they were kind of getting a little bit stronger and I still wasn't quite sure. So I said to Connor, okay, you know, let's just move everything into the room that has to be here. You know, I said, let's just bring in the box that has the pool in it. You know, Connor had done the trial already. He knew what he was doing, knew how to inflate it, how to fill it. Um, and then by the time he, we had all the stuff moved into the kind of birthing area, I was like, oh, I think maybe we should go up the pool. You know, I think that this is happening. Mm -hmm. um, so he 
which is kind of like it was sort of a pain because I'd said that it was going to get an early night in case I went into labor the next day and that was at like eight o'clock and then I said okay wait before I go let's just bring the stuff down and um, so that we're ready to go because we had it all in her in her bedroom upstairs and by the time it was all downstairs it was kind of like half nine that we had the area kind of ready and at that point things were starting to get a bit stronger and I was like okay let's just let's just inflate the pool and get that ready you know and then I'll go to bed and then by the time the pool was inflated sure I was you know getting proper contractions and then I tried to go to bed and like lay on my side and it turned out being on my side and the contractions made the contractions so much more painful so the second I lay down into bed, I was just like, nope, I'm not going to sleep. Not absolutely, definitely not going to happen. Um, so that meant that we ended up like by the time she was born, I think we hadn't slept for something like, Jesus, probably 30 hours by then. Oh. So I was mm. absolutely just like, there was a point, I think, when I was sitting in the pool at about 8 a.m. and I was literally yawning, being like, oh, God. So I think that is probably the upside of the epidural is that you can get some sleep. Yes. Um, yeah. I didn't manage uh, so anyway, yeah, we called Anya and my sister at half 12, like just past midnight. And uh, Anya, God love her, was at another home birth. She was the second midwife at a different birth. Um, so she said, you know, yeah, that's fine. She said, you know, we're just going to wait for everything to finish off here. And as soon as I can leave there, I'll come up to you. And uh, my sister arrived in the meantime. And Anya got to us, I think, about kind of half three thereabouts. And um, she did a quick exam. I was like two or three centimeters dilated. And she said, okay, I'm going to run home. So I'm going to get a coffee. You guys get the water in the pool and I'll be back to you in a little while. Um, so uh, she came back. I just, I can't remember, like time-wise for me now, everything is just yeah, kind of gone. Yeah, I have no idea what happened at what time at that point. You um, weren't looking at the clock then. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, I think I had a vague idea of what time things were at the time, but it's all, it's all gone now. So, yeah, I think I got in the pool at like, I, I want to say half four. Because um, Anya said, you know, you can slow down labour if you get in a, a little bit too early. Um, and uh, so, yeah, laboured in the pool then. And um, I think they, Anya had said like we were going by the purple line, by Hobbs line rather than... Um, uh, rather than doing exams because that's one of the things that I wanted and uh, so she reckoned I'd been I fully dilated basically pretty quickly and um, so she called the second midwife Ali and Ali arrived um, and I was kind of trying to push a little bit in the pool for a while and wasn't really getting anywhere and um, so they suggested I get out of the pool and do some pushing and just nothing was really kind of happening so um, they did an internal exam at one point and I like part of my cervix hadn't dilated yet um, so we had to do some positioning to kind of help to take like the pressure off that part of the cervix so that it could dilate and that was like bloody awful because um, I'd had quite bad pelvic girdle pain during the pregnancy and like it kicked in when I was like 17 18 weeks I knew as a physio I thought oh Jesus this is only going to get worse from here on out and I went and got physio myself and that that gave me great relief but like there's only so much you can do for it like the more the relaxing kicks in the more just the more uncomfortable it gets so like by the end of the pregnancy I was walking but like oh my god it was so sore like I was you know had to have the pillow in bed I was wearing silky pajamas to make it easier to move around in bed like I, I had to finish work at 35 weeks I think because I was just so slow like I was no good to anybody I was doing mostly non-clinical work and I just getting into the hospital moving around the hospital I was just in bits so when I had to lie on my side to try and you know get the rest of the hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The cervix ripe, it was just so sore. Like, it was really, really horrible. And, like, I think at that point I started to get a bit upset and, you know, I had a bit of a teary moment. And I think, like, looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, maybe that was transition. I don't know. Transition. Yeah, but... um. I really thought it's funny I really thought that I'd be asking for the epidural at some point and like Connor and Anya would have to talk me out of it they'd be like you know remember you didn't want to do this you can do it you know you can get through it and um but at no point did it actually occur to me to even ask for it and like Ali and Anya kept you know telling me okay this is going to be the plan so and I kept saying I don't want to go to hospital (laughs) I was like do we have to go to hospital I kept thinking we were past the timing or whatever that they had for their rules that we would have to go to hospital they kept going no, you're okay. You don't have to go to hospital. I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, so yeah, at that point, lying on my side was really, really sore. So I hadn't even asked for it, um, but I'm really grateful they brought it. And Ali just kind of came over. I think it was Ali anyway. Ali just came over with the gas in air and was like, I think you probably at this point maybe need to try this. And I started in the gas in air and I was like, oh, thank God. And it helped, but it was still pretty sore. Um, so where was all your discomfort? Was it back labor or was... No, it was very... It really felt like it was very much in my pelvis, like in my hips and yeah, thighs, okay. I think. Um, no, it didn't really feel like the back at all. It really felt like all kind of just that ring around the pelvis, like hips, thighs, kind of groin. Um, and the water was unreal for it. I think it was taking the weight off the pelvis when I was in the water. I was just happy out. Genuinely relaxed, not too bad. You know, Connor talking me through the contractions and that was fine. Um, but when I was out of the water, the pain was like, I mean, like nearly doubled, I'd say. It was unbelievable the difference the water made to me. Um, so yeah, once they were happy that the service had gone, I got back in the water for a little while, but the waters just weren't going anywhere. Like my water still hadn't broken. I'd been in labor for about, um, probably like active labor, I think at that point, about like six or seven hours. And um, Anya said, okay, we're going to have to break the waters. You know, said we think, you know, she said, I know that this isn't, you know, something you necessarily want, but she said, you know, it's not really going anywhere. I don't want you to tire out. And I kept going, said, you know, do I have to go to hospital? And they said, no. I said, can I get back in the water? And they said, yes. I went, great. (laughs) Those were just the two things I wanted. I didn't want to go to hospital. I wanted to get back in the pool as soon as humanly possible. And so they broke my waters. And uh, Anya said that it had been like almost difficult to break them. Like she said, the membranes were very kind of stubborn. And so they probably weren't going to break by themselves anyway. So got that done and got back in the water. My sister, my niece took the dog for a walk and they swear blind that the dog knew I was about to start pushing because the dog at one point when they got to the park was like, nope, and just turned around and started dragging them home. Um, And like Anya had gone upstairs to go to the bathroom and she said she was coming back down the stairs and thought that it was going to be a little while yet. Um, well, I forgot actually, Jesus, by that point, Ali had had to leave to go to her own uh, client who was having a home birth. So it was a very busy weekend for them. Um, and Ruth had arrived, a different midwife again. Um, so yeah, Anya had gone upstairs to the bathroom. I was back in the water and the feeling, the sensation was just totally different as soon as they broke the waters. Like I would felt like pressure before, but what I had now was movement like. I had that real instinct urge to, yeah, time to push, 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 pushing is happening now. Now we got to push. Like I hadn't felt that before at all. All the pushing had been very much me doing it kind of on purpose. And this time it was just my body going, yep, pushing time. We're ready to go. And Anya kept saying, she said she came down the stairs and she just heard the noises coming from the living room. And she was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Obviously you changed sound quite distinctly. Um, And uh, so from them breaking the waters, I think it was about, 20 minutes she was born I had like four contractions when I was back in the water and she was 
coming out from the first one. Uh, I think her head was probably born on the second. She turned a little bit on the third and she was out by the fourth contraction. Oh, brilliant. That was just, yeah, oh, yeah. there was not like, in terms of me actually needing to push and pushing, it was really quite quick. Um, because I'd had kind of funny contractions. They'd been sort of kind of like coming in pairs. And uh, Anya said that can happen like when the baby is moving. So when I when I'd started active labor first, I wasn't sure if I was, because I was trying to time them and it'd be like seven minutes between contractions and then two minutes between contractions. And I was like, oh, maybe I just don't know what a contraction is. But, um, and it'd be like one really strong one and then one kind of like not so bad one, but I was fine. And I felt like it happened a lot more when she was awake, like when I would feel her moving, it would almost feel like okay. trigger a contraction. Um, yeah, so onion roots said that that can happen, I think when the baby's basically trying to get into position and it was even the same right up to pushing. So I felt like I did a big push for one contraction and uh, then I had another one and I just didn't feel that urge to push really. And I was like, no, this one's actually not that bad. I think I even remember saying that. And um, then I had another one and her head was born and then like another one again. And again, I didn't really feel any need to push on that. I, that's what I think happened. I'm like all over the place. But yeah, and the last contraction, basically, she was she was born then. Um, and like my niece got to be there. She got to see the whole show. You know, she, she kind of jokes. She said she was mildly traumatized, but now she, she's sure she wants to be a midwife, which I think is really positive. Because <laughs> um, Ali and Ruth and Anya, like they were great with her. They kept telling her, you know, this is this and that is that. So like she got like a really good experience. And like they kept saying, they said, you know, a midwifery student is lucky to get a home birth or even a water birth at all. Like they're very lucky to get that, you know, so it's pretty rare. So she's got that before she even goes into college. So I think that's pretty positive. Um, so yeah, so she was born in the water at 10 past 11 in the morning um, and she was happy out, you know, nothing wrong with her. She hadn't, she hadn't a drop of the vernix on her. It was all gone because she'd been 10 days over um, and she had the full head of hair on her. She was latched onto the breast within a couple of minutes, which was great. And we kind of just got to chill out in the water for a while. Didn't cut her cord for like a couple of minutes. Um, Connor hadn't really decided if he wanted to or not like he just didn't really kind of see it as being that big a deal you know I think a lot for a lot of men it's kind of like a rite of passage whereas he was you know just not fussed and um, but we got him to do it in the end anyway um, and uh, yeah and she was big the placenta was big and um, she was 4.39 kilos so she was nine pounds 11 ounces Um, that had been a little hiccup actually I forgot towards the end as well when I had like the last appointment in the hospital 38 weeks they were like well you know she's measuring pretty big and I went you know babies in my family always do is that I haven't even bought any newborn clothes for us and she's going to be big and they said yeah but we mean like over nine pounds and I said I've got three sisters I've got three nieces I said not a one of us was under nine pounds and the doctor went oh okay and she said well, they're all born vaginally and I said yeah all seven all came out absolutely fine so you know there had to be a peasy, couple of episiotomies but they were all grand and she kind of went okay and she went off spoke to the consultant and um Dr. Angela Mogg obviously was like, yeah, grand, that's just the standard for their family. So, um, and signed off on it, which was fine. Um, and how were you? Did you have any tearing or anything like that? Yeah, I had a second degree tear, um, but it was it was actually fine. Like they sewed me up in the house because um, it was only the second degree. I did have to get the little Pitocin injection for the placenta because it really seemed like as soon as she was born, it was just done. No more contractions. Like tried feeding her, you know, tried different things and there was just it just wasn't happening the placenta was not coming out no contractions okay. anymore and literally within about I'd say about 30 seconds of them putting the injection in the placenta just came straight out um and were you still in the water then or had you no, moved, I'd moved to the couch yeah and... when I um and then when they were sewing me up Connor was doing skin to skin with her um so yeah I got out of the water for the placenta delivery because it because it hadn't been coming in the water and the, I think they thought maybe getting out would help um but yeah mm. nothing 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 doing so um had the little injection to deliver the placenta and uh, I had some retained membranes so they just kind of weren't going anywhere again being very stubborn um so Anya was kind of you know trying to decide you know she said she could possibly go to hospital to get it removed because she you know there is a risk of infection but she said it's also up to you so and I think it's going to come out fine um you know she gave me basically all the kind of she, she just did proper informed consent really I think she told me what the possible uh, negative effects might be but she also told me you know the downside is obviously you know going to go to hospital you might not need a procedure um which were downsides for me and I think are definitely something that people need to be informed of like that that's that's a negative you know to um to mm. any kind of intervention as well as if you just don't want it um 
so she said, you know, they will probably pass. Um, but just in case, she said, if you feel any nausea, you know, any dizziness, anything like that at all, she said, I want you to go straight to hospital, keep an eye on your temperature. Um, and they came out like about kind of four or five days later, I think. I was getting in for a, I was about to have a tea tree bath um, for a, to help heal the tear. And literally, I like went to the bathroom, stood up, and just there they were. <laughs> it was grand, it was fine, all gone, no problems at all. Um, so yeah, I got the tear sewn up and um, it was actually fine. It was really good, it healed really well. You know, Anya was very happy with the healing when she discharged me at two weeks and I've not had any problems at all, actually, with the pelvic floor, thankfully. Um, being a physio, I did go for my, my mummy MOT two weeks ago with, oh, yeah. with things as well. So highly recommend it for anyone. It's really good. Yeah. It's so worth it. Like I hear about people getting it a year later and they're like, Jesus, I really should have gotten that, you know, like... 10 months ago you know so it's great to have the recommendation it's great to find out if you're doing the pelvic floor exercises right like I'm a physio and I was doing them wrong mm-hmm. um so and it's nothing to be awkward about a lot of women just feel like it's good no I wouldn't want to do that but it's, it's nothing on I actually found that the physio did a really good job of distracting me about what was going yeah, on you know uh, she was informed we were chatting about everything but I didn't even register I obviously realized what was what was going on yeah, but yeah. it wasn't really something that we were paying attention to it was she was really subtle about yeah it. like I said it in the I'm in like a September mammy's Facebook group and I said oh you know I went for my MOT yesterday so I highly recommend it and someone just put comments on it was like Jesus physios do internal exams and like I think she had this image in her head of you know like physios causing pain from doing like trigger point massage and I was like I said, don't worry. So this is a really niche specialty. I said, they're highly trained. Like it's really specific. I said, this isn't a basic part of physio training at all. Like I wouldn't have a clue how to do an internal exam, not a notion. Like, um, I said, this is very specific. You know, they're very uh, highly trained in what they do. And I do wish more people knew about it. Like, because like mm. the amount of people, like older women in particular that have incontinence issues and just say nothing because people are just, just think it's part and parcel. But like, it's, it's, it's normal in that a lot of people have it, but it's not, normal you know normal yeah. yeah you shouldn't expect it and you shouldn't put up with it you should definitely go and see someone to get help with it um and it can really make a huge huge improvement um so yeah I was thrilled I went for that and like especially in terms of getting my return to exercise because I'm quite keen to get my my strength back like I was so astonished at how wasted all my muscles had gotten like even you know like being able to see my thighs for the first time in months I was like oh my god where did my quad muscles go like my abdominal muscles had just gone I was really astonished at that mm-hmm. Um, so I think I hadn't really noticed my, like I'd obviously noticed my body changing during pregnancy, but I hadn't noticed how drastic it was or what, how different it would be once I'd had her. Um, and not just in terms, you know, the downstairs that everybody worries about, but like my whole body, like, because I'd been so inactive for so long, the, uh, the first dreaded bowel movement. Oh my God. I was terrified of that as well. Everyone kept being like, oh my God, it's the absolute worst. And then I remember Donya saying something about, you know, doing the down breathing, like the same as you do for delivery do that for the first bell movement and it was grand it was actually fine I just kind of chilled out relaxed let my body do its thing and it was fine um and maybe I was lucky but like no the idea of it I think the anticipation of it's worse the thought of it is worse yeah and explain it to me like my mom and my sister they're like oh my god it's the worst people could talk about the ring of fire and all that I was like oh. I thought it was going to be absolute absolutely terrible but it was grand it was fine um I think it I think it's funny as a physio I'm like oh it's amazing when you follow the advice that people give you <laughs> you know you really do a, it really does make a big difference and how did you feel then the days and weeks following as a new mum um it, it's definitely the tiredness that everyone talks about like oh my god the just the lack of sleep is is unreal and I think we got off to because by the time she basically had her her first night, um, which you know was cluster feeding, like in the same for the second night, like I, like she was born on the Sunday morning. I think by Wednesday I was working on about ten hours sleep since I'd woken up Saturday morning. It was unreal, and I'm someone who usually has, like I fall asleep the minute my head hits the pillow, and I get like a solid seven and a half hours sleep, and I just did not know what to do with myself. Like my brain wasn't working anymore. I couldn't string a sentence together. And like I had all the kind of hormones as well surging around the place. So um, like I think between that and the lack of sleep, I definitely had my weepy moments. And um, it actually happened as well that when she was like four days old was actually the anniversary of the miscarriage as well. So it was kind of, it was such a, 
you know it was like it was really mixed emotions it was so lovely to have her with me but you know then I was like oh feeling guilt for the one I'd lost and stuff like that you know but it was it was a, a funny kind of positive you know but very just the big hormonal soup and the lack of sleep like it was I just didn't know how I was feeling from one minute to the next and um, but I'd had Anya over that day and she was great you know all the like little things I'd been worried about I was like oh it's her you know I was like oh she hasn't pooped since Monday you know she is her soft spot funny you know and all these little first time mom questions and Anya was like this is fine I've checked that that's fine I've checked this thing that's fine too and how are you you know and I told her how I was and she went yeah that's all totally fine and normal and even to just have someone say like that's crap and that's really hard but also that's you know very common other people go through this is is so reassuring in itself um so yeah that first week was definitely like the kind of you know had, had the sort of weepy moments but she um she fed like a champ um she just didn't feed for very long so she was only feeding for like like two minutes at a time and I was getting kind of worried about that I was like oh, you know she's not getting off so um Anya suggested supplementing with either like you know the, the, the spoon or the cup um but she wasn't taking either of those so she gave me a syringe so we were just using the little syringe like in the corner of her mouth while she was feeding um and but like the supply wasn't a problem at all I think it was actually that my letdown was really fast because she's still the same now she only okay. feeds for like five minutes at a time and she's a giant like you know she's yeah I was gonna say there's nothing wrong with her, yeah, <laughs> with the little, wrong with her. I could see the little fat roll like through her baby growth it's gorgeous <laughs> she's full of the little fat rolls like, like she's eight weeks old and this is a three to six month baby girl like she's yeah, it's brilliant um see so yeah, I think it's just that I've got a fast letdown but of course I was like like the, the area that I work in in the hospital it's a lot of like children with kind of um very specific dietary requirements they've got a lot of trouble with their sugars and I was like oh god you know her sugar's gonna drop and she's gonna get a this and it um so yeah I think you know the kind of whole a little knowledge is is a dangerous thing so like I had like I just way too much knowledge of how much can go wrong and how fast it can go wrong so I was like it was funny I was very confident for the home birth because I knew that it would be grand and you know we'd go into hospital if anything was up um but then when it was just me and her, I was like, oh God, you know, she has to feed this often and she has to do this this often. And um, but uh yes, yeah, so we did that for the first couple of days, and then I started to get worried because she hadn't pooed, and then she did this enormous blowout about five minutes before and he was coming over to check on her to make sure her bells were okay. Um so uh yeah, it was grand and like you know, it was brilliant. Connor had his two weeks paternity leave, but he's working from home anyway. Um, for the foreseeable future like he never went back into the office I don't think they're going to have him back into the office at all so it's been nice to have him home so even though he's done with the paternity leave if I'm like you know like I've got to go to the bathroom or I just got to put her down for a minute you know um because it's tricky with the dog as well so it's not like we can kind of put her down into like a cot in the living room you know to, the dog out to make sure that she's a little you know um so it's nice to be able either to send the dog up to Connor or to send the baby up to Connor either one and um, you done. <laughs> I love those noises. She's so loud. Like she's she found her voice like about a week and a half ago, and she's so loud. Um, see, so yeah, we're kind of into our uh, into a little bit of a pattern now, which is which is really good. Like I'm so glad the breastfeeding is going well, and we did we did a breastfeeding prep course with uh, Nicola O'Byrne, and um, I really just think that that was just absolutely the best idea. Like because I was absolutely expecting to have had like huge problems by now. I was like, okay, you know, we're going to have this problem or that problem or the other problem. And um, and like when she cluster fed that first night, I did have, um, uh, I had like the little like milk bled things. Um, so, and that was, oh my God, that was so sore. And the next day Anya came around and she showed me how to fix the latch. And um, I thought about like, I looked back over the booklet, you know, that Nicola had given us at the, at the course. And we had that fixed and like, I mean, literally within like 24 hours, everything was absolutely fine. Um, and I've had a couple of like days of kind of sore nipples there, but um, I've been using like just breast milk and the, um, like the silver cups. I found those quite nice. Um, and, uh, but mostly it's actually been fine. Like now we're like, we're completely pain-free breastfeeding now for probably two and a half, three weeks. It's Brilliant. just absolutely grand. Yeah, it's great when you have the support which, and when you actually avail of it as well, because it's, it's, it's really needed in those first few weeks. It's, it's, it's just all about having the right support. Mm. Like I really think, like, I think if I had heard people before saying, you know, oh, we, you know, breastfeeding was absolutely fine. And, you know, post-birth recovery was absolutely fine. I just have been like, that person's just insanely lucky. 
you know mm. they just got they were just blessed you know but like and maybe there is the odd person that just gets blessed but like it wasn't luck with us we were you know well I suppose we're lucky to be able to afford the support you know like we paid for the gentle birth app and um, we bought the pool for the house you know we paid for our antenatal uh, breastfeeding prep course you know a lot of this really should be available like publicly like um like you know my sister went to a breastfeeding prep course in her hospital when she had her daughter um, and she'd gone the first time and found it was very much just like this is why you should breastfeed and she was like well this is why I'm here I came here because I think I should breastfeed now would you please tell me how oh, yeah and uh, so she didn't really find it much good and then she went to the second when she had her second child she went along again and it was the exact same thing and like she's not the kind of person to be in any way rude or anything to anybody if anything she's far too accommodating and she said your one was like she said she'd been there for about 20 minutes and the woman was still telling them all why they should breastfeed and she just thought fuck this and got up and left yeah. she was like this is why I'm here I came here because I want to breastfeed now would you please tell me what I need to do because her first breastfeeding journey had been shortish you know she was taking it you know she was worried about supply and she got kind of um she had trouble with that and then it was the same for her second daughter she just her her she just had incredibly sore um breast the whole time she was feeding and had to stop and like I just think about all the tips and things that I was given about how to avoid that and we've managed we've been following those suggestions and we haven't had any problems you know because we just had the right information from the right people um which was which were very that in that respect we're lucky to be able to afford that but it's it's not luck it's, it's work you know oh yeah no prep is key but and there's so many moments you'll understand where you just like oh it'd be easier just not do this yes like many of them it was 10 day 10 days two weeks I remember Ani I think I said it before Ani coming over and I just I was like I don't want to do this anymore because my stomach I felt like getting sick every time I fed her because my nipples were in such bad state and it was Ani the support yet again who was just like yeah this will fix it you know that's why I think I'd love if everyone could have that it's so mad when they're just like we can fix this you know you're not like oh I just have to put up with this or they have to toughen up or whatever it is they're just like okay well let's look at what we're doing here like it's very much let's address the cause oh because let's fix that oh job done you know and like when you use the breast milk as early nipples heal so oh yeah too I couldn't get it they were fine um like we never got to the point like well day one it kind of looked like there was a crack kind of threatening maybe and I couldn't get over how quickly that had happened but again fix the latch applying breast milk regularly and it was all fine Mm. it was grand like people have been really um really nice and people are getting better about like after a baby is born about looking after the mum so I've gotten like loads of kind of care packages and things like that, which have been really lovely, you know, stuff for me. But um, oh my God, I've got like seven tubes of nipple cream just sitting upstairs. <laughs> it's great for your lips. <laughs> no, I've heard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I said that to someone. I was like, lads, so I've got like seven tubes of nipple cream and they're just going to waste. What do I do? And someone was like, girl, lip balm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I've just got seven tubes of lip balm, which I'm very pleased with. Like it was so lovely of everyone to give them to me, but I was like, and I didn't want to offend anybody and say, I'm actually not using it. I really don't need to you know I think I've used it like three times maybe and in the whole pregnancy and that was the tube that I bought for myself beforehand because I thought I was going to need it and so everyone's very concerned about the state of my nipples which is really kind (laughs) but uh, they're doing really well thanks and how have you found um being a new mother in during all of this during this COVID I I think because I'm a first-time mom I don't know any difference Um, I do think that what I miss is the help and support of family being able to come over like I'm one of four girls and now I did I wasn't expecting it to be the same because I live in Dublin and the rest are all living in Cork and I was in I was living in Cork for the birth of two of my nieces and and like I remember with my sister's eldest girl uh, in the couple of days after she was born like my sister been kind of having a tough time you know she was very sore and and like me and one of my other sisters went over to the house clean the whole house top to bottom like we were mopping the hall and everything you know because she's got two dogs and like the dogs made a state of the place she might have even had the three dogs at that point actually and um we just cleaned the whole house we fed her she spent the whole time in bed with the baby and like that was basically all we did I think we saw the baby for like 10 minutes and we said hi to my sister and she had a sleep and that was pretty much what we did and then we left the house you know um so unfortunately I didn't really have that um my sister my niece cleaned up everything after the birth which was unreal they like literally stayed blitzed everything like I came downstairs after having her and like you wouldn't have known that a child had been born in the house they had it all clean like I took my baby went upstairs came downstairs to my normal living room and um, 
but because they weren't kind of nearby, I didn't have the same level of support. I, I did have a couple of visits because we weren't in level five yet at that point um, from them. And like, they were lovely, you know, making me cups of tea and things like that. But um, because we didn't really know where we were and because we were trying to distance and stuff, we still couldn't do much. Like when my eldest sister came up to see, you know, she was wearing a mask and like didn't stay very long. Um, and finally, like this weekend, I was like, I'm knackered. I just, you know, there was stuff kind of building up around the house. You know, I was like, there's things that I want to do. Like there were, you know, we had to start putting away her zero to three month clothes and stuff was building up. And I was like, okay, I said, I need a bit of help. So under the kind of childcare grounds, my my mum and dad came up and helped us out um, for a day. And that was, oh my God, it was unreal. I felt like I'd gotten 12 hours sleep. Just kind of was able to catch up with myself, you know, and then, um, and like my husband's parents live locally um but it's kind of not the same i think as your own family you know like as a woman like especially as one of girls you know i'm so used to being like relying on my sisters for that kind of help um, and my mom as well so it was just really really nice to have my parents up for the day just to be like can you do this and they just went did it like my mom held the baby i think for like maybe half an hour of the couple of hours that they were here and spent the rest of the time like uh, doing laundry and cleaning the bathrooms you know like that kind of thing it was just brilliant to have um, so yeah we're, we're missing that alright um, which would have would have been nice to have but again like I said because I'm a first time mum I don't think I know the difference all that much um, probably missing that kind of socialising aspect you know like the going for coffee mornings for example with, with people um, but my my cousin lives across the road and his wife, uh, she literally this morning, actually at like half one this morning, um, had her second. Um, yeah, she had a V-back, which is great. She'd been really hoping for that. I was really rooting for her. So she got her V-back. Um, so she came over and was like, you know, if you want any help, or you want to go for a walk or anything like that. So like we've been going for strolls and stuff like that. So it's been really nice to like chat to her, you know, about like how the pregnancy went and how her pregnancy was going and, you know, and like we're, we're using cloth nappies with Ada as well and she used cloth nappies with hers so she was able to lend us some and give me loads of help with it because like um like again you know like the cloth nappy library does meetups and you know where you can get tips from people but I couldn't get any of that and like there is Facebook but I just found the, the whole like different types of nappies and what they look like and what they do and the different things I just couldn't get a hold of it I couldn't get it through my head how they worked all the online stuff so I went over to to um, my cousin's house and she was like this is this kind of nappy, this is how this works. And like she did a whole demo for me, which was amazing. Um, again, that was before level five, but um, so it has been nice to have the support from her. But uh, yeah, I think missing out on those kind of like group walks and group meetups and stuff is is unfortunate. I'd say that I'd probably appreciate that if I was able to do it. And I think it would just get me out of the house more. Basically, I'm just going for, for the occasional walk, like with, with her and the dog um, and going for walks sometimes with my husband. We have... Uh, two friends a couple who live locally but that's it you know it's because we live in Luke and like and neither of us are from here so uh, yeah it's just tricky like all our, all our friends in Dublin mostly don't live within our five kilometres we've just got like I said my cousin and one couple that we're friends with that, that's all we've got within our 5k so um, yeah it's it's kind of I suppose it's a little bit lonely in that regard but it is really good oh my god if Connor was going to work I'd be going mad I'm so glad he's home. Yeah, that's really, really, really nice. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to share your story, you're more than welcome to. You can get in touch via Instagram at Ireland's Birth Stories or you can reach out over the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie. I look forward to bringing you another episode. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.